Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. Jen. This works better if I had myself. <laughs> probably. I mean, pro like I can see her lips moving. Like I can. I, I'm a. I'm a half decent lip reader. So like I. 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 I understood what you meant. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, it's Wednesday night, and we're all crossed out. And uh, ooh, look who it is! It's Squeebs. Hey, Squeebs. How's it going? Hey, uh. A name I know from my Twitch chat. Twitch.tv slash Neontaster. More plugs at the end. Stick around. Good plug. Yeah, I know. I gotta. I just, I gotta. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. Uh, you know, because I'm doing, I'm doing appearances and I'm, I'm, I'm writing for other people and they're like, oh, do you have anything to plug? I'm like, pod, cat, that, my, my, my stuff. <laughs> You gotta get it down. Head. You have to have the whole list available in your head so that yeah. somebody asks you like, I mean, now oh, I have you got anything spiel. to plug? Yeah, I mean, now I have the spiel. I do it like on autopilot when we when we record the podcast. I just like, yeah, yeah, websites, all that stuff. I need to do a, I need to do like a link tree or something like that. Then I don't gotta remember anything. <laughs> you gotta do it on autopilot IRL so that when people ask you like, hey, what you got going on? Like, Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's like your audio, the audio version of your like uh, of your business card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hello everyone. I know I know there's like Halloweeny music playing, but we're not gonna. There's not gonna be a lot of Halloweeny talk uh, uh, this week, just because 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 I don't know. Like we don't have a ton. We might get to some just ra random spooky talk. It's not my fault, by the way. I, no, I mean, like whatever. It's nobody's fault. <laughs> we had a whole we had a whole bunch of time to think about what to do this week, um, but there is lots of other things to talk about. I mean, uh, as we said, I like as the title uh, as the title uh, implies. I guess we can. Uh, oh, right. The, well, yes, the Watcher, but we haven't watched the Watcher yet. Jen has watched Watcher, but neither of us have watched the Watcher. Yeah, which is where I was very confused. I, I'm like, wait a minute, did they serialize the movie? And then I was yeah, like, I know. And they told me like, no, it's a show. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Are there more Watchers or more Aegons? <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a segue? Is it, is it easier to find the Watchers or easier to find the Aegons? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Who's watch? Who's watching the Aegon? <laughs> that guy, uh, that guy, yeah, that guy screwed up. <laughs> it was Eric or Eric. Anyway, yes, uh, episode uh, nine, the penultimate episode of uh, House of the Dragon. Uh, another really good, another really strong episode. I, first of all, I gotta, I gotta, sh like up top, I gotta shout out the score. Like the last two episodes, the score has been just absolutely mind blowing. There's like two or three even pieces of music specifically that are just crazy, crazy good. Ramid Jawadi is the name of the mm -hmm. composer. Uh, so goddamn good. Uh, but yeah, this episode was uh, was pretty amazing. Uh, I loved, uh, the th I'll tell you what I loved about it. 
I loved that because 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 um because you know the, everyone says like oh a misunderstanding caused this war but I think it was like more than that it was this like also like wishful thinking and you kind of you hear what you want and you're you, you she so I think I I think Alicent was sincere I don't think that she was like oh wait you really oh cool let's go do this because she didn't sound like that when she said it to Otto but yeah, yeah. oh yeah go ahead and to kind of back this up a little bit, yes. if, you, if you've not caught the episode. So Viserys is no longer with us. Yes, like he died at the very end of last episode. Yeah, so he has passed on. And so this episode picks up basically right at the point of this knowledge becoming public. Yes, I guess it starts with, I assume uh, the, the little kid is like his page boy who is who does stuff like, you know, clean his bed. He's old and infirm, so there's probably, like, a little boy who, like, sits in his chamber at night. Yeah, like, he's got servant people to tend to him, obviously. Right. But great visual storytelling, because there's no dialogue. The little kid, like, leaves his room, runs across the, like, early morning castle, goes yeah. to, like, one of the maid women and, like, whispers something to her, and then she has this kind of shocked look. You know what's going on. They don't gotta tell you. That's, like, uh, you gotta love a show that has some confidence in its viewer. It doesn't feel the need to have the the the, the king is dead, my lady. The king is dead. No, they didn't have to do that. Like we we get it. We know what's going on. And also, kind of the funniness of this kind of spreading through, quote unquote, the help, which basically means this word is going to spread like wildfire across King's Landing. That Viserys has passed away. It's not going to be a secret to certain circles of people because obviously. He went and told, I don't know, mom, sister, grandma, who the fuck ever. He yeah. went and told her. She went and told, like, five other people. They went and told, like, 20 other people. So, I mean, like, potentially, but but the, the, the person who told Mazaria is mm -hmm. her personal handmaid. So it wasn't even, like, some random... It wasn't even some, like, random like, person in the castle. Like, her, her source is, like, way high up. Right, uh, and so, like, you get this situation where... He passes away. Obviously, his page knows. He goes and tells people. But people high up in King's Landing know nothing about it. Alicent is one of the last people to know. Renice doesn't know. His own cousin doesn't know until she's locked in her room. Right. Like, like the, 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 the interesting, like, trickle up of information from, like, the lowest of the rungs all the way up to like the highest of the rungs is very interesting. Now yeah, well, <clears throat> and there's the control of information is the, the the main thrust of this uh of this episode, including that lord who pretends to bow the knee and then tries to flee and they catch him so that he can't tell the blacks about what's going on. Um, yeah, like because you think about our world with like it. You, the kid would take yeah. a, se a selfie with the dead king and put it on fucking TikTok. <laughs> well, like, in that we all kind of find out the same things at the same time in that that's not how things worked back in the days before internet, social media, and everything like that. And like I said, like, it, it really does emphasize how, like, the help knew that he was dead before his own wife knew that he was dead. 
Yeah, because well, also, she doesn't sleep. sleep in the same room. Yeah, right? well, yes, well, especially because of his condition. But yeah. I, uh, I I, love that. I, so they convene the council, right? There's like an emergency calling yeah. of the council. And yeah, and, uh, and Lannister uh, is like, what is this? Why'd you call us in here? They're like, the king is yeah, dead. Yeah, like, like, they don't know. Like, one person on the council knows that he's dead. Yeah, but I love, so what I, what I, the thing I love is that Alicent is like, listen, I, I, have, I have some shocking news. The king, on his deathbed, told me that he wants Prince Aegon to be heir. What are we going to do? And then Lannister's like, well, we'll just initiate the plan we've been putting in place for years to do just that. In, initiate plan kill Rhaenyra okay everybody's like everybody pulls Operation out their ledgers yes exactly red team go red team go and she's like wait what you've been planning this this entire time and didn't the falcon tell me is dead. the falcon is dead yes, exactly broken arrow broken arrow <laughs> but it's like it, and it's just this amazing and she's like wait you've been planning this coup this whole time and never told me and they were like oh come on we don't have the dirty details, princess. Come on. What are you, crazy? Like, Plausible I, deniability. <laughs> I can understand her being upset in that moment because she is upset because her husband is dead. And I mean, there, there's a conversation to be had here about love versus in love and how their whole marriage happened, whatever. She's mourning her husband. And now you come into this room where there's a bunch of people who are like, yeah, we were just basically waiting for your husband to die and being like, Excuse me, what? <laughs> well, but but not just waiting for him to die. Wait, like having in like they were gonna they were gonna do this anyway. That's the thing that she did. That's the thing that she realized. They were gonna try to murder Rhaenyra. They were transferring the treasury away. Like that's what they were gonna do anyway. But they she, had to wait for Viserys to die. Yes, to yes. <laughs> but but even even if even if Allison would have been like, oh, he told me on his deathbed. Uh, he told me on his deathbed that, that Aegon... No, no, they were going to do this no matter what happened. And yeah. Alicent is, despite... with Even after everything that's happened. Because this is an interesting... An interesting view into Alicent's character. Because this was, this was the episode that Alicent took control. She was still naive in this episode. After all of this shit, she's been running the kingdom. And she has all these kids... She still, in her innocence, was like, well, he said Rhaenyra was his heir, so Rhaenyra was going to be her, his heir. And yeah. everyone else on the council was like, that's never happening. What are they, fucking crazy? She was still innocent. But then she was like, okay, now I'm going to not be innocent anymore. Now I say bring Aegon to me, not to my father, because we're not going to go kill Rhaenyra. No. That's... My father said he wanted Aegon, that I'm going with, but he definitely didn't want me to kill his daughter. Fuck that. Right. And so like there's I and there's an argument to be made of whether she would have that change of heart if she hadn't misunderstood what Viserys said on his deathbed. But anyway, so this whole episode becomes this whole situation of um where is Aegon? Nobody knows where Aegon is. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows, and so because he's got, a you know philander, falutin. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he has no interest in being king. He does not want to be king. He makes this very clear in this episode, as he has prior to this episode. So basically, at this point, the the usurpation has been decided on. Yeah. So oh, uh, like, above okay, it, where uh, the fuck yeah. is it going? Yeah, <laughs> above average, Joe. 
I know Broken Arrow is not a Young Justice reference. It's a reference to Broken Arrow, which is like a real thing. It's a real pro. I believe it's the name it's a for the pro- movie about yes, it. Yes, you're right. There is a John Travolta movie about it, and I believe, but I believe it's a, the code name for like uh, somebody getting control of like a nuclear weapon. Yeah, I think that's like the code. That's what a Broken Arrow means. Or basically right? somebody going rogue. Yeah, hold on, because I do know it's a thick. Because that's the. Uh, here, an a- oh, an accidental nuclear event involving nuclear weapons or other components is called a broken arrow. And yeah, that's what the film is. Yeah, it's with Christian Slater and John Travolta. Yeah. I remember that movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, anyway, I was just looking. I was in my head. I was like reaching for like I don't know a a na- you know like the name of a the name of like a code something some kind of disaster code name. <laughs> and that's what came to my my brain. Yes. Anyway, Aegon is now missing. And there's two teams looking for him. There's two more teams now. There's Team yeah. Green A and Team Green B. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of shirts and skins. <laughs> it's kind of low key hilarious that like all this pops off, and they're like, um, "Where is the heir to the throne?" Nobody knows where he's at. Like, his the King's Guard who has been assigned to watch him has no clue where he's at. His brother doesn't know where he's at. Nobody knows where the fuck he's at because this is a thing that he does. He just goes off doing whatever he feels like doing. And so now this is a situation where it's like, um, no, we need to know where he's at. So it it becomes this whole kind of race against time to see which team is actually going to find his physical person so that they can bring him to either Alicent's or her father Otto, because yes. that's that's the that's the dichotomy here. Like Allison wants him brought to her because obviously that's her son. She wants to make sure he's safe. She wants to make sure he's fine. Otto wants him brought to him because obviously the the usurpation plan is in effect, and he wants, he wants to con- he wants to convince yeah. him to kill Rhaenyra before Allison can convince him to not do that. Yeah, uh, and uh, and um, some some very good storytelling because like one of these twins. Is now like defecting the guy who was Aegon's bodyguard, Arik, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's a nice uh, bit of storytelling where the commander of the Kingsguard is like, "Where's the, where's the the prince?" And he's like, "I don't know." And he says, "You're yeah. supposed to protect him." And he says something like, "He abuses his authority to evade us." And that's a, a nice bit of a nice bit of a, of like subtle, like subtly implying that he he hates he hates Prince Aegon. And then they go to the pit, the child fighting pits. He has a bastard child in the mm-hmm. fighting pits there, right? There's like a little white-haired kid there. And they say, oh, one of many bastards. And there's like children who are... Bit- oh, it's Eric. Sorry, it's not Eric. It's Eric. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's but, the but other guy. This, yeah. Through this adventure between the, the twins who have been sent by Otto to go find, find Aegon and through... Cole and Amond. Amond, yeah, and Kristen, yeah, Allison to go find Aegon. Kristen Cole, who is to me like such an amazingly interesting character, not so much in his person, but in like in like in a meta way, because he was a huge fake out. Like there was this huge fake out where like oh. Oh, romantic knight, Kristen Cole. Oh, and he gives Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra gives him her, uh, what is it called? Her, not charm, her favor, her favor at the tournament. And he's this, oh, and they go off into the woods and he's a fucking, 
he's like they say he's a thug like that's the way he's described that's a really great (laughs) he fucking killed beesbury like by casually by accident i guess in the books there's like two accounts one say he threw him out a window and the other say he slit his throat which are both more deliberate than what happened but again he did he really did do the thug thing he was like sit the fuck down and like killed him and it was like oh i guess he's dead now shrug he's He's such an animal. It's really interesting. And I really love them for like faking everybody out. And yeah, I guess you can say that he's a, he is a, like a totem for, you know, toxic masculinity. He does, he is a stand in for a certain archetype. You know, the guy who like tricks you, you know, who's like uh, suave and good looking, but is actually just like a fucking asshole. Right. Like it but doesn't. At, at his core, he's just a total fucking simp. Well, so he, he's still, he's extremely like resentful that Rhaenyra wouldn't abandon the throne for him. And so, yeah, that's why people say like, oh, he's the stand-in for toxic masculinity. He's the incel, blah, blah, blah. And, and the, the, the reason that I, 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 it's, it's a shame that people push back against that is we all hate that guy. We know that that guy exists. Mm-hmm. The fucking asshole who's swat charming and makes lots of money and ends up like mistreating every woman he's with. We can tie that into the Amaranth thing a little later or whatever. But like we all we all think that guy, quote unquote, is like a huge douche, right? And so that's that's Kristen Cole, and he finds some other chick to like, you know, yeah, he, like yeah. In this episode, he's basically like simping for Allison, like. How dare somebody insult my queens? Like, boy, shut the fuck up. Allison is running a whole OnlyFans side hustle here. Where Kristen Cole... One person. Yeah, she's... No, no, two people. Two people. Because she's keeping... She's keeping Kristen Cole on the hook by, like, giving him things and, like, being, oh, you're my guy... Right? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Well, no, but, I mean, we don't know that. Well, he ain't ain't getting, like, well, he's not getting, like... Um, we don't know. We don't know that she's not. We don't know that she's not <laughs> sleeping with with him. She might actually be like because of who he is. There's a very good chance that like we're just not seeing this, but that she that she like that she, you know, not not paid him quote unquote, but that she like kept him on the hook by being sexed or whatever. And yeah, Lara Strong mm. that gets his fucking foot fetish. Uh, that scene. Yeah. How? So my here's my question. My question is, how did he breach this topic with her? Thank you. <laughs> how do you even bring that up? Yes. Like, like, okay. Oh my, Sir Laris, I owe you so much gratitude. You know, half of my what? How could I ever repay you? Uh, well, <laughs> um, it's feet. funny. <laughs> funny that you ask. No, but also like it's like an old medieval-y thing because now you could say, well, you know, I have a foot fetish. Show me your – like people understand what foot fetish is. Like if you, if, if you would say to some woman like I have a foot fetish, she would know what that means. But like there was no term for foot fetish in Westeros. I, at least I don't think so. And so like what would he say? Would he say something like – like I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to, Im- I'm literally trying to imagine like that conversation in my head. Like what would he say? Something like, um, 
my queen, uh, uh, because of my uh, because of my foot, you know, like whatever. In more, in more Especially of like, like her... somebody that you're not sleeping with. Like, how do you even broach this? Well, so I'll so I'll tell you in a more verbose way. Because think about Littlefinger. Because he's he's analogous to Littlefinger a little bit. Littlefinger's uh, whole story was that he uh, was humiliated. He was in love with Catelyn Stark when he was young, and he got humiliated in front of her because he was not strong and he was not a fighter. And so he became a guy who manipulated people with his mind and stuff. And Laris is a little like that too. And there was a uh, there was sort of a monologue where Littlefinger explains this, this his history. And so, yeah, imagine if Laris gives her this whole spiel, like I, you know, women don't pay attention to me. Nobody wants to marry me or whatever and stuff. And and so he would say something like, and I, I would never think to ask of you for any sort of bodily favor. That would be horrific. But all I require is a view of your legs or something like that. Let me see your feet. <laughs> yeah. And like, but it's, it's small, yeah, like, small price to pay. I mean, it, what? a lot of Sims on Twitter have a foot fetish with Cassie Dillon's feet. Oh, oh, dude, there's, there's a whole thing. Like there's, well, there, there's women who will literally like blot out their feet when they post on like yeah, Instagram because people are fucking. There's I'm not her. a big I I haven't watched many episodes of King of the Hill, but one episode I will remember forever is the one where his wife accidentally becomes a foot fetish star, and like she stars in videos where she's like. <laughs> she's like uh, takes her uh, shoes off and like steps on like rotten fruit and because stuff she like has that. Feet, and that's yes. kind of, like the joke. And she doesn't know that it's fetishism. Like it's like that's the reveal at the end. It's because she's like naive and she doesn't understand that it's like a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it just gets weirder and weirder. She's like, "What is this? Why am I stepping in like eggs and milk?" <laughs> <laughs> it's all this like weird shit. Um, and so, yeah, like she does this thing and yeah, small price to pay for her, by the way, like she doesn't, you know what I mean? All she has to do is like pull her skirt up and like look the other way for five minutes as this guy like jerks off as this weird incel. Weird though, because like, it's weird to know that like somebody's just like looking at your feet and jerking off. But the way that they do this scene, I thought was really, really good because like, at first, I mean, she doesn't just, like, automatically show her feet. Like, she's, like, her and Laris are talking, and he's telling her information, and she just, like, takes off her shoes and puts her feet up on the table. And I'm like, all right, I guess Allison just is getting cozy. Yes, this has happened then, many times before. taking off her stockings. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Yes, all yes, right. yes. It's, it's an, again, good visual storytelling to tell you that they've already established a good rapport of, like, how he likes it. There's a uh, uh, Billy. The show Billions does this too because Paul Giamatti's character in Billions is like a S&M. He's like a sub, like a S&M sub. And his wife is like a dom because like and they went to a dominatrix that like taught them, taught his wife how to dominate him and stuff. Yeah. And so like they'll be like – and so they like walk in and they're talking about their day from work and like they're like taking off their clothes and she's putting on like a leather suit and put and he's putting on nipple clamps and they're just talking about – they're just talking yeah. about work as they're doing it casually as a way to establish that, like, you know, they've been doing this for like, that's their lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, in the same way, it's like you can t- they they're they're showing you because he probably said to her, just do it slowly. First, yeah, take off your yeah, shoes. Just, just, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Just, it's fine. You know, like he probably like tried to like uh, reassure her. 
you tried to ease her into it. <laughs> like I want to, I want to see them in your stockings first, and then you can, you know, take the stockings off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, whatever the whole, the whole coronation, the uh, the Aegon's uh, Aegon's. Uh, it was really beautiful where it, it contrasted where he he's unloved. He's unloved. Like his father doesn't even know he exists. His mother, all his mother does is put him down for, for good reason, right? But whatever, it is what it is. But all of a sudden, everybody's like cheering. There's adulation. I love that they hoarded everybody, herded everybody into the building because the whole idea of this coup is like quick, 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 put Aegon on the throne and make him legitimate. And one of the best ways to do this in an old world like that is get as many witnesses as you can Bring the high septon, do it in front of the gods and the kings and the everybody and the queen. And so then there's no doubt. It's, it is in no doubt who was the heir and who was the whatever. And they go tell their families. It was very a very cool way to like and made real sense to me. But in a way, it, it's also kind of like low-key hilarious because you're just rounding up people off the street who genuinely do not give a shit who is the king like they're like okay we were in here because the king's guard made us all go in here so we're watching this thing and oh look this this guy is the king i i thought that i thought that other girl was going to be the king okay i guess this guy's the king it's a north you know like it's like a north korea thing or like a soviet union thing actually very subtle there's a line in dune it's hard to miss uh, easy to miss, I mean. When they arrive in Arrakis, you know, like, there's uh, hordes of people standing there and chanting, like, Lisan al-Gaib, Lisan al-Gaib. And, uh, and uh, Tufir Hawad yeah. says, like, he says, like, oh, don't pay attention to them. He says, mandatory attendance. That's yeah. hearken and love out there. Meaning, like, that's, it's fake it's love. Fake. Like, yeah, har- yeah hearken, by, by hearken and love, he means they force them to be there. And so it's fake love. Like, they're not... They think they have to be here for this, yeah, except he's wrong, like, right? He doesn't. What yeah. they, they think is expected of them that you need to go like clap and cheer for, right? Except that he's yeah. coming out of the ship, right? Except that he happens to be wrong. That's not that's not what's going on. They actually think he's the Messiah, which is why they they're chanting that. But yeah, same same sort of thing happens here. It's like you have to go you have to go in here. You got to watch yeah. this ceremony now. It's like at school. Where they're like, there's like a mandatory thing where you got to go to the like assembly hall. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just out there like minding their business. And the king's guard is like, it's assembly time. Let's all go into the hall now. And- yeah. And it was funny to me that Rhaenys, again, where everybody's going to be talking about how, you know, because Rhaenys didn't kill everyone. Which is understandable because, again, we're talking about a gigantic escalation. Also, she's not Rhaenyra. Maybe Rhaenyra in that situation would have done that. But Rhaenys is not Rhaenyra, right? And also, re- remember the story of one Jamie Lannister, right? This happens 200 years later, 170 years later. But Jamie Lannister, especially in the books, if you read the books, because Jamie Lannister's character in the books is like even better than it is on the show at, at, until it gets ruined at the very end. But like his entire character, because um, in the first two books, uh, in a, a Game of Thrones and in a, whatever the other one is, a Clash of Kings, I believe, Jamie Lannister is like the worst person ever. And then in the third book, A Storm of Swords, Jamie Lannister becomes one of the per, uh, point of view characters. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I actually don't hate Jamie now. 
I actually like Jamie. And one of Jamie, and like the core uh, motivator for Jamie Lannister is that he killed Mad King Ares. He was the guy who did it. There was a whole rebellion. Mad King Ares was terrible. The realm was suffocating. They had to do something. He killed him. And everybody hates him for it because he wasn't he was on the king's guard and he wasn't supposed to do it. So he's called the King Slayer. That's his fucking name. And he's like, yeah. I did the thing. I was the one with the courage to do the thing that you were all fighting to do. And you repay me by hating me, by like, I'm a disgra I'm the disgrace. And yet he kind of points out the hypocrisy of honor. Where everyone's like, somebody needs to kill that king in the name of what is right. And then he does it and he's like, oh no, not you. How dare you do that? And he's like, that's fucked up. Well, that's especially fucked when you find out that like, the reason why Jamie killed Ares is because he found out about the plot for Ares to basically just like, spoiler alert, yeah. unleash wildfire all over King's Landing. Yes. And so he killed him. And But, but, but he never uttered a word of that. He took that not to his grave, but like he, he never fought back against anyone who called him Kingslayer. He never explained like, okay, I did this for a reason. He just he, he honored his oath as a member of the King's Guard by keeping his mouth shut and never actually saying why he killed heirs, which yeah. is... And Squeebs, uh, yeah, as Squeeb says, uh, he says, the books are so goddamn good that I seriously almost quit reading the series when Jamie became a POV character. I hated him that much. Yeah, I remember. And his, and, uh, and Jamie's best scene in the show, the one that everybody remembers, is the one in the baths where he where he confronts uh, where he confronts uh, what's her name Brienne uh, Brienne and says to her like if you're Renly you know told you to stand by as he like burned women and children alive exactly because she because he's like how dare how dare you judge me you're the guy you served was good the guy I served was evil so how dare you judge me for like killing the guy I served like that's not fair. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, and he, he, he kind of bore the brunt of that. And so Rhaenys, and, and the, the thing you, you need to walk away from that is that, yeah, like, that's the nature of honor in a society like that is fucking weird. And so Rhaenys thinks, okay, cool, this is a usurpation of the throne, right? And I know that they're trying to usurp the throne. And so, but on, I, I still can't just kill them. Like, that's not how this works. Like, if Rhaenyra wants to go kill them, fucking fine. But she didn't have a problem killing like 200 random people by busting out the floor. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I, I think this is a very interesting kind of mirror between Alicent and Renice in this episode. In that Alicent's whole thing, when they presented her with the idea of the usurpation, like, oh, we got to go kill Rhaenyra. We got to kill Damon. We got to kill their kids. Her stance was, that is my husband's daughter. That's his that's his brother, that's his grandkids, I'm not going to stand for that. And I think that kind of sort of thinking influenced Renice in that she was like, okay, I'm going to go in here with my dragon and I'm, I'm going to make my discontents known, but I am not going to be the one to kill my cousin's wife and his child. 
Like, yeah. it, like, like their blood can be on somebody else's hands. It ain't going to be on mine. It's too much. And, and you know, like it's, and it's, it's also interesting, uh, uh, a really like the best, the absolute best, like house of the dragon slash game of Thrones YouTuber out there. I'll shift X. I can't recommend his, uh, his content enough. Uh, says a really good thing that not a lot of people say. He says again and again, dragons are weapons. They're weapons of mass destruction. And so, and, and so you don't see them a lot on the show, but it is who controls dragons is extremely, extremely important. And I think that Rhaenys being as uh, experienced and as old as she has understands and is like a response. She's a responsible gun owner, essentially. Right. She's like, I know that I can do all of these things. But that's but I have the wherewithal and I have the composure to 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 consider whether I should and like only use it when I really really need to and not just fucking Dracarys whatever whoever I want and wherever I want and I like that again. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a, there's a lot of show don't tell here, and I always appreciate that. Yeah, and in this episode we find out that Rhaenyra's is dragon is the largest in the fleet of dragons, I suppose we can call them. And it, through a series of events, like obviously when the usurpation goes down, um, people start getting rounded up, people start getting locked up. Um, Renice is at King's Landing and she gets locked in her room. And then through the grace of one of the members of the King's Guard, who's like, this isn't right, he kind of busts her out, dresses her up like a like a like a normal, like a peasant person. Yeah. That's the guy. Out. Yeah. She gets caught up in this whole. Yeah. That's the guy who defected. Yeah. That's the guy who defected. Yeah. That's Eric. That's one of the twins. The guy who defected. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also, she's also pitched. It's funny. Like Rhaenys is the one this entire time, this entire season, all of these years, Rhaenys is the one who everyone always wants her support. It's really interesting. Because like Rhaenyra, it's always like, Rhaenyra's like, well, please, uh, Rhaenys support me. And uh, it, before that it was Viserys. And now both sides are like, support us, Rhaenys. Like they understand like her importance. Um, again, she's a really interesting character. By the way, in the book, uh, she has uh, dark hair, not white hair. Because her, one of her parents is a Baratheon, I believe. Uh, yeah, or, or, yeah, Baratheon. And so, but they were like, they're trying to, yeah. it's, 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 Targaryen team hair white. <laughs> yes. I think, again, I think also, I think that's why they made the Valerians black. I think they're like, uh, black, like, uh, they cast like black actors. Not confuse them with actual like Targaryens, they're Valerians. It's, it's, it's already so complicated and you, and, and it's all about who's related to who and how and stuff. And so I think it was a good – that to me is like a really good idea for, you know, like uh, quote-unquote diversity casting or race swapping or whatever you want to call it because you got to consider the, 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 the benefit – like the, the shortcomings and the benefits of your medium compared to a book. Because a book, for example, the biggest benefit of a book aside for, you know, infinite – you, you can do anything, right? Is internal dialogue or internal monologue, right? In the original uh, David Lynch Dune, they just had all of the characters' internal monologue because it's such a 
a book that relies so heavily on like your internal voice. And it, it's really awkward. It doesn't work, right? And so you got to do other stuff. And another thing that a book can do is always tell you which character, like you don't need to recognize a character just by looking at it. Because the book will always say, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so did that. And so it's incumbent on a show to uh, uh, use whatever tricks it can being a visual medium and, you know, popping somebody's name over their head like it's a fucking Sims <laughs> is probably not the best way to do that. You know, like some shows always have the thing where like people are talking in like a little thing will appear and it'll say like assistant secretary of state for such and such affairs. Mm -hmm. But like you can't do that here. That's like so you got to like. You got to be creative with how people look, I guess. And I would love to spend like the rest of this episode talking about <laughs> and her motivations. And Correct. I know like, we're getting what, why, what, and why, and her backstory, and the the queen that never was. And we'll do it next. We'll do it next week after the finale. We can do we can do a whole we can do a whole wrap up. I don't know, or maybe we'll do that on the pod, but. Whatever. She got. She actually got very interesting to me in this episode. Yeah. As being like assigning motivations to what she did and why she did and yeah. all that good stuff. And but, I'll, yeah. Go ahead. But you you wanted to discuss something else on this on this. Episode. Oh sure. Okay. So yeah, we can because we have we have less time to go. We can talk about the amaranth thing. Uh. Uh, because there, is, there was an update to it. So, okay, so this, the story was this. Uh, Amaranth, who's a streamer, a big a Twitch streamer and, like, OnlyFans, you know, e-girl. A very pretty woman. Who does, like, you know, uh, hot tub streams and bouncy okay, maybe, things and whatever. Maybe, maybe explain what hot tub streams are. I mean, it's literally just that. It's, yeah, there's all kinds of, like... If you there's another hot tub streamer who will do stuff like uh, you know if I get fifty more subs I'm gonna do squats in a bikini or something like that it's what it's what you think right there's there's this is this is a central element to the story by the way because if Amaranth was just a gamer like a pure gaming streamer or something else a lot of the reactions would have been different. I think people really disapprove of who she is and the market that she, the space that she operates in, which is fucking fine. You're allowed to because she does exist in a really weird sphere. She's made like $30 million on OnlyFans. You know, she uh, makes tons and tons of money from simps, essentially. You know, people who pay her money have like private chats with her and get, I don't know, whatever, I don't know what perks she offers, but... And, uh, and yeah, and like she, I guess, like either told people or maintained some kind of illusion of being single. Um, Which is very important if you're going to do that. So you yeah. I mean, I mean, in Japan and in Korea, idols, you know, idol culture, mm -hmm. like K-pop people and uh, J-pop stars and stuff – Many of them have in their contracts that they're either not allowed to be in a relationship or like are, are, are you know barred from like uh, being public about it. Uh, there's people whose careers were nearly ruined by this. Aya Hirano, a famous like Japanese singer and voice actress, nearly had her career ruined just because like 
it came out that she was like fucking her guitar player or something like that. Like who could, who gives a shit? Like imagine a woman in a band, like if it come out that like the singer of Paramore was having sex with the guitar player of Paramore and like all of their fans decided to like hate her now. Like that's like Japanese and Korean fandoms sometimes are so brutal about that stuff. Wait, so what? anyway, so hold on. <laughs> wow. I just got the most amazing text message ever. It says <laughs> she's probably tired of getting banged by a floppy shrimp dick. <laughs> we will get you going harder and longer with this. And it's a link. Oh, I thought we were talking about Amaranth for a second. <laughs> uh, and so, whatever, Amaranth, again, I have thoughts about that whole culture. I don't fault Amaranth for taking advantage of a weird thing that exists in the world. She's also very business-oriented. And if you ever hear her talk about the business aspects of what she does, she's actually very smart. She isn't just like a bimbo, right? That's not – and even if she was, who cares? But yeah. she happens to not be. She That's like a thing she plays up. But, and so anyway, the, the story is, because this is all background, the story is that she, uh, she uh, came, came out with the fact that she was married, not only married, but like <clears throat> suffering like in an abusive relationship with a husband that was like kind of forcing her to do a lot of this shitty stuff and like threatening her with like really toxic bullshit, you know, threatening to kill her dogs or don't give all their money to a dumb charity if you didn't answer the phone. Not definitely didn't sound to me like someone who would actually murder dogs, but as someone who went through, you know, toxic relationships, you know, the, the, the people who will just say a thing like that, just cause they're like, you're not fucking answering my call. So I'm going to do this. Um, for me, by the way, if you want to know, for me, it was like, uh, before I was known on before, like my identity was known on Twitter, I was in a really toxic relationship. And this uh, person that I was like trying to break up with, Kept saying, like, I'm going to dox you. Like, that whole thing was like, if you don't pick up my call, I'm doxing you now. Now, that's it. Here, I'm posting a picture of you right now. Like, she would do that. Five minutes, five, 30 seconds. Like, that's why when people said this is a bit, I was like, this doesn't, I, I've, I, like, I've seen, I know how people talk and I know how people behave. And even her, when she was talking about it, because they were fighting and she basically, like, unmuted her mic while he was yelling at her on the phone. And then after that, she spoke about it a little and showed these text messages where it was like, I'm throwing all your clothes in the trash. I'm doing this or that. But how she spoke, it was like, she's not an Oscar winning actress. You don't fucking fit. And, and she, she, she was doing stuff like, uh, God, this is hard to explain. You need like a body language expert. She was saying like, and he said, oh, she kind of stopped herself. She's like, oh, never mind. Like it, listen to her talk and listen to how she kind of, her brain wants to go in a million different directions and tell a million different stories and she needs to like stop and focus herself on the thing. Like that's how you, when you're trying to tell, if you've ever had a huge fight with someone and like called your mom or your best friend to talk about it, listen to her speak. That's exactly how all of us sound when we're in that state of mind. And he said, and I said, and he said, and then he said, and like, you don't, that's not fake. That's not, you don't fake a reaction like that. I mean, if it comes out that this is fake, I'm going to be super shocked. And like, it, it sounds insane because like, okay, so this whole thing popped off because she was on stream. I like, I don't know if it was scheduled. I don't know what, like, I don't really know her like that, but she was on stream and she was playing a conversation between her and her husband where he's just like, 
we we don't even fucking know what the hell he was yelling at her about. Like it that, but that's like uh, that's how this shit happens. Like it's just like somebody's yelling at you for something that like you don't even understand. Like what? Like well, no, the fight. Like, you what? you know what the fight was about? Here, I'll tell you what the fight was about. Because again, she talked about it. Now she's fine, by the way. Because the thing is, like, he had all her passwords and all her shit. And he was like, I'll tweet stuff from your account. Now she's fine. Like she said. She's regained access. He's going into therapy because he was like, he realized what an asshole he was. I was like, no, no, no. That's not what he realized. Never. He realized how yeah. shit he was in. But the fight was about, the fight was also about, this is how you know, this is how you know this isn't fake because of how dumb this fight was. Because the, the whole thing was like he threatened to kill her dogs, right? The reason he did that was that he, she was not listening to him. They were having a conversation and he felt like she wasn't paying attention. So he said, I'm going to kill your dogs to see if she was paying attention. She was like, what the, why would you kill my dog? And he was like, see, you weren't listening. And he had this whole toxic thing about like, see, it took for me to say I was going to kill your dogs for you to listen to what I was fucking saying. Like it was so juvenile and dumb. And it was like, you can't, if you were going to invent that you were in a toxic relationship, like you wouldn't invent something like this. It's so stupid and mundane and yet so authentic. Right. And it's like, and people want to talk about like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's a front. It's a thing for attention. And I'm like, okay, if it is fine, but it's not a reason to discredit her because I mean, what if it's not, I mean, backing her on this is not like a bad thing to do because if it is real, then yeah, I mean, uh, clearly this is a woman who needs help. But, again, this all gets wrapped up in the whole sort of e-girl, OnlyFans, oh, you have all this money, why don't you just leave? Why, like, I, 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 that that annoys me. That annoys me so badly. Like, oh, my God, you're being abused. Why don't you just leave? Like, word, do you think somebody who's being abused never fucking thought of that? Oh, you, you think you're the first person that, like, came up with that and told her and, like, She's like, oh, it never occurred to me I could leave. Like, you don't understand how abusive relationships work. And thank God I have never been in one, but I've known plenty of people who have. And so it's like, it's just, it. the whole thing is just, I, I hope she is able to get to a good place. I mean, like she said, the, he's going into therapy, whatever. Um, yeah, that's not a reason to not divorce, dude. Like, you still need to get divorced. Well, and that, and so, and, and that's but the implications that she was making in the original stream was that the only reason she was doing sort of the hot tub streaming slash OnlyFans thing is because her husband was making her do it, which now we're moving into some human trafficking areas here which Pimp, is yeah, pimping nothing. her out i don't know now i don't know if she meant that like she objected to doing it all together or if she you know she was like i don't want to do this today and he forced her to do it that day because like she might just keep doing that stuff now right it's not i don't know if she finds that content obje inherently objectionable but here's the thing here's I, and here's some more evidence uh circumstantial evidence that i think this isn't a, a work uh number one uh, like she, there's no re like her, her business model is, can only be harmed by this. She's not going to get 
Me Too sympathy box. This is Amaranth. It's not Kefal's. Like you, if you argue that Kefal's engineered her, do, you know, her doxing and swatting or whatever because she thought she could like increase her profile with like with like sympathy bucks, I'd say I don't think that's true. But at least like in in that sphere of operation is a thing that people pull. Like Amaranth can only lose business by it coming out that she has a husband and that he says do this and do that and 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 whatever like that like it, it hurts her business model um and and it, if it if it's fake people will know cuz there's court there it, you know legal proceedings court documents and if it comes out that it's fake then she's really fucked like in terms of like image and so she was riding high. There was no reason for her to do this. Like she was not, again, she made 30, she makes a $2 million a year on OnlyFans. And she, she's made like 30 million thus far. She goes on Twitch and makes like buckets and buckets of money. Like she doesn't need, she didn't need this for attention. Like I, I understand some people do, but she, she, she literally didn't. Right. And the whole reason why this, Oh, like she's doing it for sympathy. She's doing it for blah, 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 blah. Okay, listen, that doesn't extend to women who work in sex worker adjacent jobs, like being a hot tub streamer or having an OnlyFans. Like those women do not get sympathy from the Me Too crowd because. Oh, they're, they're, no, they get fucking ignored. Like, yeah. Now, now there was, now there was a lot of sympathy just, but, but just on that level, on the pure human abuse, it sucks. And again, a thing that I talk about a lot, cause yeah, there was a, there was some lack of sympathy because of, uh, because of, uh, like what she does. And so there's this tendency to be like, she pick, you know, she pick, but again, it, it goes into that whole like parasocial thing where you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. You think they're riding high and they might be in like a fancy, they might be living in like a fancy prison, right? And you wouldn't know about it. And yeah, the parasocial, I keep talking about this. There should be more written about this. And there isn't for some reason that parasocial relationships, the relationships that fans have with like the people they're fans of. And because uh, of, of the way the internet works now, and because people can be so close to their fans on Discord and on uh, you know private chats and on t Twitter DMs and all of that stuff, uh, some people, and especially in situations like this, develop expectations, uh, develop uh, maybe sometimes feelings. Again, I'll 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 say me, little old me, I'm fucking nobody, and I'm a dude, right? And I had some person convince herself that we were a like a literal couple because we spoke like twice. I, I tweeted about that. I did a whole thread about this. You could go find it. Uh, I, so I can't even imagine someone like her, what she has to deal with, especially when part of her business model is that idea of like, hey, give me some money and we'll do like a private chat. And so if she had said, you know what, you know what, I wouldn't have been sympathetic. I would have been sympathetic if she had done an interview and said something like, uh, men are so shallow 
they only think about my tits or something like that. And I would have been like, you literally pay people to like chat with you privately about your tits. Or but that's not any of this. That has nothing to do, even if she deceives men, which is or ridiculous. It's like what every strip club in the world operates like that. Where, you know, what you think a stripper actually likes you. Um, and that's what I've, I, I've tried to explain OnlyFans to people who are like, why would anybody pay for nudes? You can watch, you can see nudes on the internet for free. I'm like, that's not what you're paying for. You're paying for that person's attention, sometimes undivided attention. That's what you're paying for. And so that's where the line really becomes blurred as to like, okay, if you're somebody who thinks that because you paid X amount of money that you have a spot in that person's life like and in in obviously when you're a woman it, it, it's a little different because there's like always people who want to kind of like get it twisted and think that because oh you you talk to me or you you respond to my dms or whatever that we're like something or somebody but like you said like there's it, it happens with women too and yes. it's, it's like, it's always that kind of, again, going back to parasocial relationships and this idea that like, you know, somebody because of how they present on the internet and what they choose to share with you. But a movie I talk about incessantly, and I'm now pointing <laughs> to Jen, to the poster that's on my wall, Perfect Blue, um, an anime movie. Uh, by Satoshi Kon. The fact that it's an anime should be irrelevant to you because it is one of the best, like, psychological horror... Ooh, horror! Spooky! Halloween! Ah, there you go! Hit the, hit the spooky Halloween music, everybody! And go! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is about exactly that. Is about an idol, like a pop idol, who has, like, a, an, like an obsessive, like, stalker fan who is manipulated into thinking that they're like a couple. Uh, it, a lot of it is about that sort of parasocial aspect. And it's an old movie. It's a movie from the mid nineties. Um, and uh, just to show you how uh, prevalent that was like in, ja in Japanese, like fandom culture, like way even before what goes on now. Uh, but again, none of that has anything to do with this. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that, uh, and, you know, she was saying, like, I wanted another another really authentic reaction that she had. She, was, she said, like, I even said to him, she wanted to, like, announce that they were married. She was like, let's stream together and stuff. And she, and she was relaying this conversation on stream. She's like, and he said, no, no, it hurts the business model. It hurts the business model. And, like, you could tell that, she, that he literally said this, that she was relaying something that he said to her. Again, her, to me, her reactions read extremely authentically as someone who was genuinely upset and was genuinely relaying things that actually happened. Maybe not precisely like that, because again, you fight with somebody in it, but again, he was screaming at her on the fucking phone, like in a really gross way. Like, what did she do? What did she do? I cannot, it's like, I'm just trying to imagine. I'm not exactly, you know, it's not, I'm not exactly Mr. Been in a million relationships and, and whatever, but like I'm trying to conceive of a situation where it would be like normal or healthy or ra rational or justified for me to scream at my you know girlfriend or whatever 
while she was weeping on the phone for like literally no reason. You know, it wasn't like she drowned the baby and I was yelling at her because of that. Like, I'm just trying to think of a justification for that and coming up totally empty. Because there isn't one. Like, yeah, that's and so and that's the thing. So, like, even if you said, like, oh, there's two sides to every story or whatever, like, tell me, tell me what's what other side of that you could what other side of that conversation can you tell me? Right. Like, you don't when you're in a relationship, especially when you're married, like, you don't get to just fucking scream at your spouse for no damn good reason. Like, no, you don't get to do that. Like, that's not okay. No, and it felt like it was like, it was like some kind of business argument. But again, to me, it sounded, the stuff that she was saying about how he was behaving, and she even said to him on the phone, she said something like, you built your whole business off of my body. Like, and she, when she said it, like her, like she welled up. Again, it was like a very authentic, a very like from the heart, thing that she said and yeah it felt like he was again we're diagnosing this based on literally nothing so whatever allegedly i'll say sounds like uh it became very transactional it became very business like it like that's the thing like it turned she was he, he was acting more like an abusive manager like a talent manager than her husband that she's also in that, you know, when they run a business together as husband and wife. Right. And her, like her great crime is that she broke the fourth wall. Like she let people know that, okay, I'm married and I am even worse. Like I am a person and I'm a human being and I have a life off stream as much as she is off stream, which is not a lot which there's a whole conversation to be had there where people feel like, okay, I, I've seen so much of this person I that I, I like I know them and you really don't. Nope, definitely not. Like a lot of people that you think are very are very transparent about their lives. There's all kinds of stories like this. It's not just it's not just peep it's not just like content creators like that and celebrities. Every once in a while you read a story about a star athlete in college who, uh, who, uh, you know, like, uh, killed themselves. And I, I, I need to find this. There was a, a, a really good story like this. I think it was in the Atlantic or something years ago. It's going to be hard to track down because the details of it are vague in my mind, but it was about some college athlete who died by suicide. I believe like a track, maybe track and field star girl and no one saw it coming. Because her family and her friends and stuff followed her, like, goings on through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And her Facebook shows a really beautiful college experience. She's smiling and she's in track and she's with friends and she's having this glamorous life. And now it's be- it's slightly better understood as time goes by that that shit is all a facade. You know, Instagram. I, I don't use Instagram a lot, but if I, I occasionally, like, I'll, I'll go to Instagram to see, like, a, some friend's post and if you click over to the, uh, what is it called on Instagram? See, I don't even remember. It's called like the, is it the browse? Is it the explore? What is it called? I don't, I don't know. I just, I only look at my the, feed. The magnif- If you go to the magnifying glass in Instagram, whatever that's called, and just scroll down a little bit, all you're seeing is uh, the, the, the marketing of a, of a fake glamorous life. It's all 
hot women dressed hot, people in glamorous places, drinking champagne, uh, it, uh, turquoise blue waters, all kinds of shit like that. It's like people living their best lives. It's uh, it's it's like uh, it's like synthesized, weaponized FOMO. It's meant to make you feel like your life sucks because these other people's lives are so great, but they aren't. Like, not only is this bullshit, but like most of those people are also unhappy for real, unhappy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like double fake. Right, like the like I have an Instagram, but the reason I like rarely ever post on it is because ninety eight percent of my life is like boring and not worth posting on instagram yes <laughs> super seven says i used to get a ton of anime memes but then it slowly shifted to cosplayers and then to e-girls and now it's just e-girls mm -hmm. you know i in this context because we're about to end in like a minute i just want to plug uh my uh article in this month's commentary magazine i reviewed max fisher's book about social media called the chaos machine and in it he talks about how alg deep learning algorithms I basically learned that like the way to keep uh, people engaged is to funnel them to like towards more extremist content. Because like if you're pro vaccines, like and you're a, a new parent and you're pro vaccines, you have very little reason to like constantly go on pro vaccine groups on Facebook, right? Because you're pro vaccine, you're gonna go get your kid vaccinated and that's it. But if you're anti-vax, you're very engaged. You're looking for stories about it. You're looking for information. You're fighting online. Anti-vaxxers, by and large, are more engaged in their anti-vaxxerism than pro-vaccine people are in their pro-vaxxerism, right? And so these algorithms, like, try to push you there. And I think, Neil, that the same thing works with Instagram, where, like, it finds that better engagement goes when you're staring at boobs, you know, <laughs> hot, hot anime titties, <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, literally, like, that's, like, okay, like, okay, oh, you like titties? Here's some more titties. Yeah, I heard that TikTok's algorithm, I don't use TikTok, like, I, I deliberately don't, because, you know, people say, like, hey, if you don't, if you don't like Facebook, you don't have a Facebook account, I'm actually doing that with TikTok, like, I'm literally, like, I'm putting my, because everybody's on TikTok, and as someone as online as me who does two podcasts about internet shit, I, by all accounts, I should be on TikTok, but I'm like, no, I don't want to. Uh, but there's a lot of talk about how efficient their algorithm is in uh, ta quickly tailoring to you the type of content that will keep you more interested based on like where you pause, how long you pause for it, you know, where it tracks your eye movement. I don't know what it fucking does. I, th I was saying Spotify. I don't know if it does this, but it should. Spotify's algorithm should listen to whether you sing along with songs and factor that into their like recommendation algorithm. Dude, I was suggest that to them. Why? I isn't that a brilliant idea? Because I was thinking about it. Because I like I work out with music, and sometimes like I'm so fired, like I'm in the middle of cardio, and I'm like super fired up, and some song comes up with like a, a like a line that you want to like yell out, and I'm like, I wonder if Spotify knows that I'm like super into this right now. Like, cause it, cause what can I do? Hit the thumbs up more than once, you know, what's a, what's a good measure to, can it, can it measure my heart rate as I'm listening, you know, like uh, sync with my Apple watch and measure my heart rate as I'm listening to it. I don't fucking know. Like, but, but, uh, but I was like, there, it need like Spotify needs to know how much of a banger I think this is right now. <laughs> Do not give them ideas. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I don't know. That. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I Colin is now Colin's algorithm is now selling this idea to Spotify's algorithm. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how it's working now. <laughs> One algorithm steals our idea and gives it to another algorithm. Uh, and I think uh, I think looking at the clock now, I think we're just about done. Uh, with this week's uh, with this week's all cross, I can bring back the Halloween music. Woohoo! There <laughs> He's we go. So excited about the Halloween music, y'all. I know. Perfect Blue. Go watch Perfect Blue. It's a good Halloweeny movie. It's spooky. It's really fucking good. It's like my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't shut up about it. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, ambitious crossover attempt. As always, yeah, whatever, Jen plugs. I'm, what am I doing? Uh, I, 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 I thought you were yeah. going to do the plugs. Like, I don't know. I always like, I always feel like, I, I always, I always like just launch into it as though my brain will like find something that I need to say before the plugs, but then I end up just doing the plugs. So like, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll mute myself now so that you can do this. Okay. So you're here, obviously, all crossed out. Wednesday nights, 8.30 Eastern. You can listen to it here. You can listen to it after the fact on either the Colin app or on your podcast catchers. Our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, drops on Mondays. You can listen to it on any of your podcast catchers on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon slash Audible. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at ThatGenMonroe and on Substack at GenMonroe.Substack.com. Yay! I'm the Antaster on Twitter. And also YouTube.com slash C slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster where I've been streaming more Elden Ring. I was going to try to stream on YouTube and then I discovered that I'm not even fucking close to being able to get in like super chats and tips and stuff. So I was like, ah, I can't do this right now. It's like a catch 22. I need 4,000 watch hours and I have like 80 something. It's like fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yes, Parzival's relationship with Artemis in Ready Player One is parasocial. That's a really good comment by JD as we're as we're closing this out. Thank you, JD. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.